Welcome to another edition of The War Room here on KLKC Radio. I'm your host, Sean Fry. No guests this week. I've had a rough week. The newspaper is not only just getting sold, it got sold a while ago, but it's uh, we're shifting to a twice-weekly uh, publication cycle. It, it's been a rough week. It's been a hard week. It's uh, Father's Day when I'm recording this, and my dad is half a world away in Hawaii. Uh, and, you know, it is days like this where it's difficult to not be with family at times. Uh, and it, it, there's just all types of stuff on my mind. All I know is I sent out a Snapchat. I said, no guests this week. Some of my friends knew the type of week I had. So I said, this is about to be unhinged this week on the war room. Heather Wilson, the uh, Labette, the former uh, Labette County volleyball coach, uh, whose daughter Shelby Wilson played at the KVA All-Star match for the state early a couple weeks ago. Uh, she replied back and said, be careful, buddy. We'll see, Heather. We'll see. <laughs> but uh, in all seriousness, I, I do want to start out, and I, I'm going to unload about a lot of what's been on my mind the last few uh, the last few weeks uh, and just kind of let people know what goes on in my head about a lot of what I see in the world. And it, it, I, I don't, it, it's frustrating to me sometimes, you know, what I think and how I perceive things. And we're, we're, I'm going to let you guys in on just kind of how my life is and what, what I experience, what I, what I endure, what, what is good, what is bad. Uh, just what goes on in my mind, and you know, I, I think that's an important part of building trust with the community, especially with its you know radio personalities, journalists, whatever the hell you want to call me. Uh, you guys deserve to know what's in my head. So let's start with the Parsons Sun and the Chanute Tribune, for that matter. Uh, they are, which I am the managing sports editor of both papers. So Chanute Tribune has a wonderful sports editor in Hunter Schwegman. I basically don't have to manage him at all. Uh, he is fantastic. Need to get him to be a guest on this show. Uh, you know, he is he is the young and up-and-coming talent that is already dethroning me in a lot of ways. I take a lot of pride in being what I feel like is one of the best preps reporters in the state. Uh, and not just preps, but JUCO as well. You know, I, I take a lot of pride, and I take a lot, and I put, I, I do feel that, you know, I, I, I feel like I do my best in a lot of ways. Uh, Hunter is is already tearing down the foundation. He is he is all he's probably he's already better than me in a lot of ways. He is the next big. He already and in a lot of ways he already is the next big sports journalist in this state. Super happy to have him along for the ride. He's made my life a lot easier over the last few weeks. Uh, really, ever since the paper got sold, we've had some layoffs. I've had to work more and more at the office, designing more and more pages. I felt tied to my desk. Hunter has been the one to carry a lot of the load of content in the Parsons Sun and the Chanute Tribune in both papers. He has gone above and beyond to make up for a bit of a deficit that I've had as I've dealt with my own psychological issues and just trying to stay motivated at work. I owe Hunter Swagman a lot. And, uh, you know, I've told him that. He knows that. But I think the community should know, both in, in Southeast Kansas, what Hunter Schwegman is going to mean to them. So let's go to the news, though, that the Parsons Sun and Chanute Tribune are moving to a twice-weekly publication schedule. It starts this week. We're recording this. I'm recording this on June 
uh, on June 18th on a Sunday. The show is going to premiere on Monday, June 19th. The first edition of a twice-weekly paper will be that Tuesday, uh, June 20th. Uh, so June 20th, it's going to be a, a new a, a new era for uh, the Parson Sun and Chinook Tribune, only publishing twice a week. I'm going to read the press release in its entirety that uh, the Parson Sun published. This was produced by management and ownership, our new ownership, Westerner Media, a group based out of Texas. Uh, they own a, a lot of local papers. Uh, they own the two that they own that are closest besides the senior tribune obviously is they own the independence daily reporter and the coffeeville journal uh i have no problem saying that i thought the parson sun and the senior tribune were higher quality papers than those two nothing against the staffs over there i get along well with nick daly the sports editor at the independence daily reporter uh we do well uh you know and you know he's a he works hard everybody there works hard but I, the Parson Sun was one of the last bastions of daily independent newspaper journalism in the state of Kansas, and, and it's going away. So I'm going to read the press release uh, that was published by us. So uh, just in the sake of fairness, I'm going to tell you straight away. I think a lot of this is PR mumbo jumbo. It is a new it is a new company coming in to eviscerate and decimate us to squeeze every bit every last bit of profit out. And then in a few years, they're going to liquidate. They're going to liquidate the building and the press room, and that'll be it. That'll be what happens. I promise you that. But here is the press release that uh, was published by the Parsons Sun. For 150, and it starts now. For 152 years, editors, advertising directors, and staff have successfully maintained the legacy of the Parsons Sun. During that time, generations of publishers have reported on local happenings amid a changing world. Nostalgia may make us feel protective of the vision of editors who have shepherded, shepherded this publication over generations. But the reality is that newspapers always work within a shifting environment and often evolve in tough economic times. The entire staff of the Parsons Sun, which was all, which we've experienced heavy, heavy, heavy layoffs, by the way. <laughs> uh, the entire staff of the Parsons Sun is up to the challenge uh, of our times and look forward to to continuing to produce a great community newspaper. Significant changes will be necessary as this new team leads our papers into the next phase. We will begin publishing two longer print editions a week rather than five. Readers can expect a June 20 newspaper followed by Tuesday and Friday publication cadence going forward. Uh, this new two-day-a-week print schedule will give our reporters more time out in the field covering local news that impacts the citizens of our communities. This change will result in your newspaper becoming more robust and hyper-local. Reporters will have more time to be in the schools, meet with businesses and community leaders, and conduct our watchdog responsibility on behalf of the community. This change will save our subscribers money. Print subscription rates will decrease commensurate with the reduction from five editions a week to two per week. Your renewal notice will reflect the discounted rate. For active subscriptions, the new renewal date will be extended to ensure patrons receive the number of print editions that would have been included under the daily model. Parsonsun.com will continue to be the daily source of news and information. There will be no change as far as daily website content and access is concerned. However, the digital edition will mirror the new two-day-a-week print schedule. We strongly believe that this newspaper belongs to our community. We are the stewards and curators of the life of the community. We would like to sincerely thank each reader, advertiser, subscriber, and community member for their faith and support. We are committed to earning that faith and support for generations to come. Yeah, going back from five to two is not 
is not a step forward, it's a step back. Now, it is a bit of relief to myself and Ray Nolting in particular, and Michelle Cave as well, uh, uh, our graphic designer there, uh, who uh, we have been overwhelmed with work with the heavy layoffs that we experienced. We have been tied to our desks just to get the paper out every day. Moving the two days a week will provide some workload relief for us, and that is a positive. But... And I don't want there. There's a lot of blame to go around for this. There's blame on the business side. First off, I think the Parsons son from prior management they let it get this bad. Uh, and there, there are certain people that I'm not going to name certain specific people. That that's unfair. They're they're not here to defend themselves. I'm not going to uh, name them. But th- there was a conglomeration of people that made decisions that let the paper get to the point that it is. And that's why it got sold. And that's why there are extreme budget cuts that involve people losing their jobs, people in the community losing the frequency, losing a daily newspaper. That is a step back for any community is losing a daily newspaper. Secondly, it's just that two day a week cycle is going to reduce the frequency of how often uh, of our watchdog capabilities as the uh, paper, as the press release alluded to uh, because eventually two is going to become one and then one's going to become none. So part of me thinks that the community needs as a collective needs to value its independent local journalism more. We always say subscribe to your local paper, listen to your local radio station. KOKC is facing a lot of the same challenges that uh, that newspaper local newspapers are facing, and this is a problem that needs to be addressed. And I hope that our community as a whole can be it can be more cognizant of the value of a local paper and a local radio station. Uh, I'm very blessed to be the sports reporter here in this town. I wanted to talk a little bit about what got me into sports journalism. Uh, when I was 10 years, I'm just going to go way back. When I was 10 years old, my, uh, my parents got divorced. Standard narrative, hard on me, still resonates to this day, having, you know, split parents. You know, my mom lives in the Washington, D.C. area. My dad lives in Hawaii. You know, and I'm stuck in the middle of the country. Not stuck, but I live in the middle of the country, so it's hard to get out to see either of them. And, you know, uh, my dad, I lived with my, I moved from Hawaii to Washington, D.C., to Northern Virginia, rather. And, you know, my dad was always my little league coach. He was my football coach a lot. And I just lost. A lot of motivation to actually play sports, but I was still interested in them. I was still a huge Kansas City Chiefs fan. My dad's family is from Junction City, so that's how I was a lifelong Chiefs and Royals and K State fan. My dad went and graduated from K State. Uh, I get in. I uh, my uncle, who I was living with at the time, uh, brought me to a sports bar uh, where they were doing a local radio show, 
a local sports radio show, and Dale Green, very famous uh, defensive back for the Washington, then the Washington Redskins, now the Washington Commanders, uh, was uh, speak was giving an interview, and I wanted to go see Dale Green. And the local radio host, his name was Andy Hayes. Uh, he, you know, noticed this little kid uh, being super anxious to, you know, to meet Dale Green and watch it. I sat in the like right by the stage and watched the show the whole time. And that cultivated into a relationship with Andy Hayes that turned into, you know, when I was in middle school, like an internship role and, you know, covering high school games in the Northern Virginia area uh, for, uh, you know, a local magazine and radio show. And I ended up, uh, that was where my love of sports journalism grew. And I ended up, that is where the dream came. You know, I worked with the K-State Collegian in addition to being the basketball manager there. And then my first job, I also worked for Bleacher Report at a time. My first job out of college, uh, you know, first full-time job that paid the rent, paid the bills, all that was the Parsons Sun. And, you know, I'm in a community that while it took a little while for me to get acclimated and settle, set down roots here, I, I, you know, I found my home. And... Over the last few months, I have felt that dream being taken from me. And I have not lived a perfect life. I have not done my job perfectly. I probably could be more successful if I had done better things in my life. I might be less successful if I hadn't worked as hard as I did. Probably true for a lot of people in the world. But with the changes the Parsons Sun is facing under this new ownership group, it's, I have felt the dream being taken and that has caused me pain and we'll see what this new era looks like, but, th- but that's where I'm at. And before we go to commercial break here on the war room on KLKC radio, I will just say, continue to subscribe to your local newspaper. If you haven't come visit the Parsons Sun. we'll give you a whole tour of the building. We will open the red, we will lay out the red carpet for you as you subscribe, uh, Everybody, we'll be right back on the War Room here on KLKC Radio. I'm your host, Sean Fry. Don't go anywhere. We're back here on the War Room here on KLKC Radio. I'm your host, Sean Fry. Uh, continuing real quick to, to speak on just the the evolutions that the Parson Sun is enduring from cuts to staff to the shift to the twice-weekly publication cycle that'll start this week. Uh, I wanted to speak specifically on one person who was laid off that is in no way to marginalize the accomplishments of everybody else that has lost their jobs. But one person in particular that I want to speak on, given that it's Pride Month, and uh, it, it was not lost on me that uh, she was the one of the among the first layoffs, was graphic designer Cynthia Miller, based out of Parsons, uh, whose primary responsibility day-to-day was laying out the classified section, uh, and her other primary responsibility was designing all the magazines for both the Parsons Sun and the Chanute Tribune. That meant the sports magazines that you saw, the three that we've done uh, in the past calendar year uh, for the Parsons Sun are, and Chanute Tribune are Nice Shot, which was a, a collection of the best sports photos that we had all year. Uh, so Nice Shot, uh, the football magazine, the Southeast Kansas Football Fan Guide, which previews the high school football season, and uh, Center Court, which previews our high school basketball season. Those magazines were works of art. And Cynthia Miller is a trans woman who 
had no knowledge of sports whatsoever. Couldn't tell you what a triple-double is, much less what sport it was related to. Couldn't even guess. But she was a hell of a graphic designer. And when she was tasked with designing the sports magazines, her and I worked together uh, you know, to come up with with the identity, the image, how the magazine would look. But I don't have the graphic design talent. I can't sit down on a computer and do what she did. But, I, I, you know, I have an eye enough to tell you what looks good and what doesn't. I'm at least a little trained in that. So she asked me, you know, what do I, you know, how do I, you know, create stronger, What what's a good source for, you know, coming up with these identities uh, for a sports magazine? I said, well, I don't subscribe anymore, but I used to be subscribed to Sports Illustrated when they published weekly. Um, and, uh, I would get a sports illustrated mailed to me here and I have a stack of them at my desk. That's a story tall. Uh, do you want to look through those? And she was like, yeah, sure. She was super excited about that. So I brought over my sports illustrated and I think she, she spent days looking at them, looking at all of them, kept them at her desk and would be frequently referenced to them. And our magazines looked like sports illustrated. I thought we put out the best sports magazines in the state in ter- especially in terms of how they looked now does Kansas pregame publish at least previews of every school in the state yep which means we're probably you know we didn't cover that much ground Kansas pregame is a is a publication that I f- would grab every grab every fall and every winter for basketball and football and reference when it comes to my scouting reports and stuff like that that I'd use pregame but my goodness what Cynthia did to create what I thought were the best-looking products in the state were was just unmatched. It was just phenomenal. And it was her execution that led to what we believe. We did a little research on it. We, you know, obviously we, we you know, we're not, we're not, you know, official historians, so we're not going to officially lay this claim. But what we believe was the first magazine published by a newspaper in the state of Kansas to feature multiple and only girls on a basketball preview cover. We did that a couple years ago. Uh, I can't remember all the women that were on it. I know Mariah Monroy at Cherryvale was one of them. I know Corey Babcock at Chanute was another. There was a girl from Lebec County and a girl from uh, St. Paul on there. That was a point of pride for us. To create more equity with our coverage, Cynthia Miller did a fantastic job with that, and they laid her off. And it's frustrating to me that the state of not just the state of Kansas, but a lot of people are being more and more combative with the LGBTQ community in recent, just 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 lately. Honestly, state of Kansas passing bathroom bills shame you know even the catholic church even pope francis has said that his belief that and i'm a confirmed catholic his belief is that the members of the lgbtq community should have their civil rights protected that is what is best for a loving family in god's image and i don't see 
us following that, I see more gay and lesbian and trans people being vilified in Kansas. You know, and I don't know what people are so afraid of. I mean, hell, I, 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 I dated a girl on and off for five years. Loved the same woman for five years. And five, six years later, she comes out and says, you know, Sean, I'm gay. And that was painful. That was a painful, that's a painful part of my, of, of my past. And this, my subconscious, yes, gets frustrated almost any time I see a gay woman just because I think about that. But I, I'm smart enough and I'm compassionate. I, maybe, I'm, maybe I'm just being egomaniacal here, but I'm compassionate enough to get past that actual trauma I experienced of a woman struggling with her own sexual identity that caused me harm. Whether, obviously, I don't think she meant it. But, and I can be compassionate to others. I see coaches in this community. I see, I, I see fans in this community, in this state, vilifying the existence of gay and lesbian and trans athletes. And, and that is just not, that is not, I believe, what God intends for us. That is not the step we need to be taking. And to a degree is what we, we know how this goes. You know, the indoctr- you know, I, I love when people say, oh, kids are being indoctrinated in schools. Uh, and we can't be teaching about LGBT issues in schools that don't say gay bill in Florida. All this crap. Everybody. We know how this ends. What side of history do you want to be on? Do you want to be on the side of history that the same people are on that were protesting Martin Luther King and the civil rights movement when racial equality was fighting for the right to vote and fighting for equal protection? They still are to this day, by the way. Do you want to be on that side of history or do you want to be on the side of history that is about acceptance and tolerance and compassion? That's a challenge I have for really everybody. And it is disheartening to see that so many people are going against that uh, that message of acceptance, love, and tolerance. And... I hope Kansas can be a more hospitable place for those who may not look or act the same way you do. Uh, Last thing I'll rant about for a little bit was I was at the Kansas Volleyball Association's All-Star Match. Uh, uh, Shelby Wilson for Lebec County was in it. Uh, You know, great match, by the way. Holy cow, what a match. That was the most competitive match of high schoolers I'd ever seen. Mackenzie Fairchild out of Andale uh, looked fantastic. Uh, you know, for, she was on Shelby Wilson's team. That was a very competitive match. It struck me that in the fourth set, two of the sets, by the way, went beyond 25 points. This was a competitive, competitive match. And when 
a girl on the, I believe it was the blue team. Yeah, when the girl on the blue team, which lost to the red team, they didn't split the, the teams up east-west. They, they tried to evenly match them. Uh, when the girl for the east team couldn't dig a ball and it went off her and that was the loss in the fourth set that gave red team the win, she slammed the floor. She was upset. That's what it meant to them out there. Those were athletes that were laying their hearts on the line in an all-star match. A match that didn't matter. Nobody was, you know, in theory, nobody's keeping score. And everybody there was already had their college plans figured out. They were there just to put on a show. And my God, they put on a, a great one. But what was disheartening to me was when I go to the Shrine Bowl, the state's football all-star game, when I go to the Shrine Bowl, it is a who's who of administrators and coaches and fans and people involved with athletics throughout the state, including media. I'm going to yell at some media about this, too. I hope you guys are hearing me. No, hardly any administrators there from schools at the KVA All-Star Game. It was virtually just players and their families. A few media members, one from the Cap Journal, which the game was in Topeka, one from Keisha Covered, good for them. That, that's a fantastic look by them. Myself, and th there were a couple other guys there that I didn't quite recognize. But you had players from all over the state there. Where the hell was the state media that we see at the Shrine Bowl, that we see at State Track? Where were they for this game? And that is part of equity that we need to, we need to reprogram ourselves more is that game, Washburn University should not have been a big enough site for that game. But if anything, but the stands weren't full. For what was a great match, by the way. They played harder than the kids in the Shrine Bowl do. And the kids in the Shrine Bowl play hard. Those are always competitive games too. That was the most competitive all-star game I had ever seen in any level. That'll do it here on the War Room on KLKC Radio. We'll have a guest next week. It'll be a little more regular. You won't get me as you won't get me being unhinged as much. But that'll do it on the War Room. I'm your host, Sean Fry. Everybody, stay safe and God bless.